I used to think my sister being afraid of the dark was just a childish little fear. Geneva, I used to tell her. There's nothing that happens in the dark that isn't already happening in the light. But there's something about this place that tells me that's not true. And now that we know the truth about our dwarven friends and their sad demise, I feel as though the darkness here is bringing upon itself something that the light is just... The light can't keep away. I understand her fear now. I understand. Listening to the Hired Swords. I know there's an 11 out of 12 chance it's not February, but will you be my Valentine? Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, The Hired Swords. I am your dungeon master. My name is Michael. With me, I have Mikey. He's Joxer. Uh, you, you did find me. You did find me. I'm right here. And uh, I also can go by Michael. Yeah, if, if, if you'd like. Yeah, if you prefer. So can I be Michael number one this round? I'm fine Maybe with that. we should do zero race. Whatever you want. <laughs> so. I, I'm, I'm easy tonight. I'm good to go. Derek's here too. He's Davin. I am. I am. Yes, that's true. Uh, last week, I was also Michael. But this week, I'm not. This week, I'm just Derek. Just Davin. Davin. Or Derek. Maybe a, maybe a Clark. I'll get back to you. Okay, let us know if that sound decides. If you decide that sounds good to you, let us know. I'll let you know Blaze, within the hour. Blaze, are you here? I can't see you, so I don't know. Guess yeah. not. All right. Oh, okay, there he is. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> he's he's Sofran Imbaroke, aka Craig's Galder. <laughs> Sorry, AKA, I'm just coming in as low energy as possible. Yeah, that's good. Aka Mushroom Daddy. Mm, fungi. Yeah, he is. And Ash is here. She would be Gwendolyn. I also go by Derek Blaze. Oh. <laughs> this is getting it sounds, like a, now. it sounds like the name of a TV slash street magician. I <laughs> yeah. am part street Derek, magician. <laughs> Derek Blaze. Oh, you are. That's fascinating. Yeah. That's great. Hey, in our I'm, last episode, you probably remember if you listen to this podcast consecutively, that we were still traveling through the untouched lands, had come across some strange folks some dwarven uh, a group of dwarven soldiers who were uh, journeying similarly to our party in order to stop some sort of darkness or evil in the land uh, after traveling for a little while our party started to realize that the darkness or evil that they were discussing might be a little different than what our group was after as they start talking about giants raiding a party or parties of supply lines and things that had been coming from some elven territory towards the west, northwest, uh, towards the from there to the Stone Mountains where these dwarves had come from, and the Stone Mountain Fortress, to be exact. And so these dwarves are talking about that, discussing their mission, and making some connections with Kriggs Galder, remembering him or Sofren from uh, speeches and conversations back during the war. And then suddenly, while scouting, continuing forward towards the northwest to try to find you know whatever answers they could, 
they come upon a ambush scene with bodies. And our party quickly discovers that these bodies are those of these dwarven soldiers they've been traveling with. After discovering that, they dis- while discussing how to handle breaking the news to the dwarves themselves, the dwarves come upon this group and they tell them, you know, back off. You don't want to come here. They try to kind of keep them away to no avail as they approach one by one, seeing their own corpse as fate or a pattern or whatever instinct draws them to, draws each of these dwarfs to where they fell and to take positions for action. They'd vanish. They disappear. Each kind of having their own little experience with one of our party members until they're gone. And our party members, our group, Kriggs, Joxer, Davin, and Gwendolyn are left standing there alone, looking around these corpses at this battlefield. It looks like giant boulders had been thrown at some of these folks and killed. they were killed. Others just crushed by bludgeoning weapons. And this is where we are, standing in this old, forsaken, rotted out battlefield in the middle of the untouched lands after seeing some of our new friends vanish into nothingness when realizing they've been dead this whole time. What are you going to do? Kriggs definitely is probably looking shaken by some of the realizations of the fact that they were soldiers and have kind of just been left to wander aimlessly for however long. It it, it doesn't feel necessarily like his story, but it feels it feels too real. Uh, just just how he felt previously about Helm and everything. It it hit hits home a little bit too much for him. He's kind of definitely noticeably shaken by this. I think um, I'm kind of posted up on like one of the big boulders and just just cross-legged staring into kind of the, the vast nothingness of where we saw everybody just just kind of in in a similar similar way as uh as Kriggs and just I just I I had no clues that that could be a thing. What that the ghost thing? What are you talking about? Uh, watching watching them return to to a spot. I I traveling ghosts i mean obviously we've we've encountered them but not not like not like this yeah this is the first time we've really had any kind of a conversation with the ghost that's for sure unless maybe i'm maybe i'm being paranoid here but we're not ghosts right we're we're still alive right what what i i hope so <laughs> i mean i don't know i've when we crossed that river, there was a point where I just kind of blacked out. Like, I remember going under the water and, and not really having any issues. I, I don't know. I don't remember how we got out. Not to run the moment, but Gwendolyn kind of looks back at Davin with her goopy hands. Not to be a mood killer, but she just, not realizing it, just, we can't be dead. But I... Also, don't remember. I-, I just assume one of you guys p- pulled me ashore. Craig's Joxer, do you guys did you guys pull us out, or what happened? Do you remember? It's uh, Doc, what are you are you talking about now? It's a uh, it's a uh, it's pretty foggy for me too. I'm uh, Carmen. Do you remember much of uh, 
in that water? My recollection is trying to swim away from whatever darkness was there and then it just overtaking me. I woke up flat on my back with a mouthful of water spewing up water from my insides as I looked around to see if I was alone and saw you all. So nobody remembers how we got out of the out of the river. How how is this a concern of yours at this time? Oh, it's not been a concern the entire time. That should have been the first thing we we're asking when we came back, right? I mean, up until this point, I didn't really think it possible to have that thought and not be alive. I guess. Yeah, I just assumed that when you die, it was over, right? Blackness gone forever. No thoughts. No no body. Nothing. But we just witnessed a group of people, or what used to be people, right? Still thinking that they were alive. That's a good idea. What's a good idea? (laughs) Dale said we should go ask them. Well, it's a little late for that now, Gwen. (laughs) I'm not following either, Gwen. Well, I I mean, he did... They... It might have been a while ago, but, but I mean... What if those elves are still there? We should go ask them. Oh, you mean you mean right. the the meet up with the Almanora tribe? Exactly. No, I, I want to believe that they possibly know something, but I I don't want to get my hopes up this time. Well. I mean, I, I think that the, uh, that's all we can do is move forward there. I, I'm definitely not going back to that river to see if <laughs> I might be in it, I guess. <laughs> I, the way that river was rushing, if, if we're not in our bodies anymore, those bodies are long gone. So we just move forward and assume we are still alive. I mean, I don't, I don't see any, any other purpose. I guess that's a good point. You're going to leave. You want to leave the the bodies like this. Just leave this place like like this. I'm not saying we have to do that. I'm I'm just saying that we need a plan moving forward. We can do what we need to do here first. Yeah, I wasn't trying to to overlook what's here. Um, and just just for my knowledge, whenever you whenever Gwen went to grab, um, at that body, it just fell apart, or she wasn't able to grab it. Or what exactly was that interaction that I saw? Yeah, it, it began to kind of fall apart. And really, she was trying to dig dig it out. And it just kind of, as as her hands dug down through the, the guck that is the earth, the, the soil here, it, instead of like digging out a hole, it like just made everything that was there kind of merge together to become, you know, the, the bone and the guck and all that kind of, kind of just mixed together from from what it looked like they might be more entwined um with that that ground i i mean i i'm what would you like to do Kriggs? what what would what would make this as good or what is just some burial is that what I think what Jocks is trying to say is what? How can we honor them? I, I, I don't know. Best I can think of is they were abandoned here. This, this isn't right. I'm sorry. And as as he apologizes, 
he's going to to say his magic phrase, I am Ember, I am Oak. Um, and he's going to pop two of his wings. Well, he's going to pop his wings, and he's going to just fly, try, try to fly as straight up as he can. Oh, oh, here, okay. How high up are you going? Uh, I'm going to go as high as I can go. If I can break cloud coverage, awesome. If not, I'm going to get to as just, I'm not going any direction but up. As you start um, to go up, way up, you start to go up and you get 30, 40, 50, 60 feet up and you're starting to be in this, these clouds that have been above you. And as you begin to fly up towards them, you look around and, and the clouds are now swirling, like ebbing and flowing. And it's this black cloud, these black clouds around you as you fly up and and you feel more it feels more like your wings are propelling you through some sort of like thick fluid than it is you're flying through the air but you are going up just definitely not as quickly i need you to make a charisma saving throw for me sure we're starting strong that's a 19 so as you begin as you continue you you're you're definitely slowing down uh, but you get the you continue to get the sense of where you are and what's happening as you continue to go up 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 but it gets thicker and thicker feeling and you get slower and slower until it's now hard work to push yourself upwards in this as you are now you you, you guess actually make a survival check sure right now just to see if you could kind of gather how high up you are well uh, keep the ball rolling. That's another 19. Okay. So, yeah, you figure you're probably a few hundred feet in the air now, 300 feet at least. You've, you've been climbing and climbing, and you are surrounded. It's like you're swimming in this fog and mist, and you no longer see much above you or around you. You barely can see the faint, just kind of faint glow of maybe some sort of sunlight or something above this mist but it's hard to tell the distance it might take to get to it. You're going to continue no. to go go up? No, I feel like I'm probably far enough. I just didn't... I needed I needed space for this. Um, I'm just going to cry out, Help! The Defender of the Wilds begs your audience. As you scream at the top of your lungs, you make no sound. Like whatever you're in, inside of right now, completely absorbs the the sound waves coming out of your mouth and you're just moving your mouth yelling like yelling underwater but but even less sound like nothing comes out of your your mouth no volume no sound yet yet your hand begins to glow and it begins to glow brighter and brighter as you cry out do you say anything else after you notice your hand glowing I start to say a lot of swear words in Dorvish, and uh, <laughs> my son will start. be proud of you. <laughs> I say the f word in Dorvish. <laughs> I, I I try to speak, but obviously nothing's really coming out. You abandoned again. These were your chosen. They fought and they died and they lived for you in your name, and you left them. 
What do you say for yourself? Sorry, I'm just trying to fight gods right now. It's fine. Your hand continues to glow, and the glow is kind of the only thing you can see as you kind of look around, crying out with no, with making words with your mouth, and your mind is thinking them, and, and you're sounding them out, and you're not hearing your own voice. But the glow in your hand becomes so bright that it's you can't see your hand, only the bright glow. And the, the color of it changes from from this light green that you had that's been kind of like this greenish white. It completely changes to green only. And as it does, you sense this, you see this, the, the mist and everything around your, your body and your hand. It's like it's repelled by it. And it's, it's, it's just kind of swirling around the outside of your hand where you can see now, you can even see like some of your wrist and your arm and you look and in the, the light, it's, it's not shining through the mist. It's not penetrating and creating like a line of light or anything. It's just, it's, it's not allowing this mist to touch your hand. And I need you to make another charisma saving throw as this mist is swirling around you okay. during this time. Uh, 15. So you begin to feel yourself losing consciousness. And as you do, your hand, the color in the light on your hand begins to fade. But you don't completely lose your consciousness. You just get this overwhelming sense of exhaustion and tiredness. And your wings continue to, to flap to keep you up, but it's taking twice the effort to keep you up now than it did before as you're trying to fight against the swirling of this mist, the passion and anger you feel inside of you, as well as the power surging through you, seeming to rebel a little bit against the God that you're crying out against just as you're rebelling against him. What do you do? I just have a few more words, more swear words in Dorvish. Uh, And then I just say, this is over. Their watch has ended, and I will see to that. And I'm going to not try to stay up anymore. I'm going to try to descend, uh, if I can, uh, just straight back down. Yeah, you start to fall back down, a controlled fall, as you kind of drift back down. And uh, everyone else, he's he's up there a little while. What are you guys doing during that time? Gwen's probably just staring at the sky, hoping he would come back down soon but then looks over at the other guys and just, I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I think in situations like this, it's, it's best just to wait. It's worked twice now. I, I don't like waiting. I'm going to look around and see if we have anything on these bodies that maybe tell us any more of their story. Be careful because y- you might get some goop on you. Thanks for the warning. And I'm going to go and investigate the bodies and see if I can find anything on them. Um, make an investigation check over there on those them, them their bodies. Sure. Investigation is not bad for me. Oh, 22 total. All right. So you look body to body as you search around them and begin to kind of uh, see what you might be able to spare. From, from the things that they all are you know, have been carrying. And you find, you know, just simple hand crossbow, crossbow bolts, things like that. You you look and find, and most of those things, they're pretty corroded. They've been here a while, and it's like this 
this soil here is corrosive and and is is you know eating away at the metal and the wood and the, the leather or or any you find some scraps of parchment that maybe were once scrolls but they're completely just you know rotted away and that's okay. Um, but, I'm not necessarily looking for things to take. Uh, I mean, yeah, if there's sure. magical items, of course, I'd like to know that. But uh, mostly I'm looking to try and find out how long they've been here, like how long ago this happened, if I could try and glean from that. And any information from if I could decide on where they came from, like personally, not from the Stone Mountains. Uh, you just as you continue to search, each one seems to be it, it just seems like this all was here, has been here for a very long time to the point of. Like I said, there's mostly just everything's damaged beyond repair. You do, however, find a small lead box, probably about the size of a little pill box, a round lead box that is closed, and it's kind of tucked underneath one of the the bodies, and and it's the body of the uh, the body of one of the rangers, the ones who the one who was carrying a bow, who who was considered the scout, who had been scouting ahead. They have a small lead box that's been that was behind her closed up is it locked or is it just like a little no it doesn't look like it locks it just looks like it has a a lid that just kind of is slightly larger than the bottom part so it'll just slide on and stay stay sealed and then kind of slide back off all right i look over my shoulder to see if anybody's paying attention and then i'm gonna pop it open and see what's inside of it so you open this lead box It's, it's pretty heavy the box is compared to what you would imagine. And when you open the lead box, you see inside of there is just a couple little things. You see a small uh, drawing of a, uh, it looks like it's just, it's on a little bitty, like a small little piece of parchment. And it's a simple drawing, well done, but simple, not a lot of detail of a small child, it looks like. And there's also, there are also two little tin, like dwarven, toy soldiers all right i'm gonna uh put them back in there and close it back up and um i'm just gonna hold up my hand i'll walk back to the group and say well i couldn't really find much detail they've been here for a long time um the only thing i found was this i think the uh the ranger over there had had kids maybe yeah i and uh you you kind of see joxer folding up his little portable hole and uh He's he just takes a big swig out of something that he he had just pulled out of there, and I imagine that all of all of these uh, soldiers had family. I'm sad, but maybe happy to hear that uh, there's someone was out there and uh, maybe continued living with the knowledge and hoping to meet this person. Well, I think when Craig's comes back down, we should. Bury the bodies the best that we can. Could- how, how long do you, do you think these bodies have been here? Gwendolyn has rubbed off the dirt, most of the dirt from her hands, and is just having like a thinking pose because she's thinking about doing reincarnation <laughs> spell. Oh, jeez! But it has to, they have to be of dead less than ten days, no more than ten days, I should oh, say. I'd, I'd say that it's been years that they've been here. Just judging by the amount of decay. Although it's hard to tell because the ground seems to be affecting things a little bit differently. Uh, I, Craig's mentioned that uh, some of some of the timeline here didn't didn't make sense, and I mean the the war that he was that they were talking about. I I 
wasn't that that's that's been over for a while. Oh yeah, and if they said they came from the Stone Mountains, that means they had to have left there before whatever happened there happened, right? With with the creature. So yeah, that's got to be years for sure, right? Because I yeah, mean, even even the books that we found, that um, no one had been there for for what seven years, something like that. I can't remember. Hmm. I, I just been thinking about it i just craigs during this conversation you are breaching the heaviest of the clouds and you can see them standing below you discussing this is when we look up is it like the blackness that we had saw over the river or is it different uh it's it's about the same kind of like dark cloud cover but it is it does seem higher up at the river it was like 30 feet above you it was really just heavy here it just seems like, and, and that was moving and swelling and all of that. And where you are now, it just seems like it's just there. Like it's just the state of the sky now. But, it's, but it is higher up. And you have, you would assume beyond it is the normal sky at this point. Because there is some sort of light that kind of makes daylight seem a little different than nighttime, but not much. Well, here he comes. I hope that uh, didn't do anything trains to him. Hope he's all right. When I land, I'm not going to like, I'm not trying to be stern or beat around the bush or whatever, but I'm just going to ask, I'm assuming you guys searched the bodies. You're, you're done here, right? You have no reason to stay. We can stay as long as you feel it's necessary to honor them. We have no timeline. I have no reason to stick around much longer. And I'm going to kind of walk somewhat to the middle of them and look around and just like one more moment. Take it, take it in, kind of just the scene, and and trying to take in what what all's happened here and whatever. Uh, and I'm going to ask everyone to kind of just stand back a little, um, and I'm going to kneel. Granted, I'm probably going to get a little mucky in this this ground, but I'm going to kneel and I'm going to put one of my hands on the ground and and sort of quietly, I'm I'm basically going to pray. Just great spirits of the wild, just <laughs> Solren, I. I don't care. Hear me now, if you can, if it's possible. I need you in this moment. I, there's been a wrong here that I need to make right. Please, if you can, help me. And I'm, I'm going to try to cast Channel Divinity Scorched Earth. And as an action, I'm going to release a blast of energy that ignites the ground around me in a 20-foot radius. And everything around me either has to make a constitution save, but since they're dead, I'm basically setting the entire ground... Uh, on fire with a nature fire with you'll just visually see phosphorescence phosphorescent spores and mushrooms trying to grow around these bodies and if possible if they can hear me that's what i'm aiming for is just something to put this area at peace and give them honor you put your hand down and you pray your prayer and that green light that surrounded your hand when you were flying comes back and it not quickly, like you're shooting something. It, it slowly just pours from your hand onto the ground and begins to find its way through the bits of like little cracks and parched earth on the ground and this gucky ground and make its way towards these bodies. And as it does, it leaves behind these glowing dark purple and blue spores that kind of have this pulsing glow and that moves towards these bodies 
making it to the bodies and beginning to rise up inside of them and grow. These spores grow through them, their bones, many of them disintegrating, some of them staying put as these, these things grow and start protruding from their, the, the holes in their, in their skull and the, the, the spaces between their ribs. And it comes up and wraps around what's left of the spine. The rest of whatever flesh was left behind begins to decompose and just fall off as that happens where it started Kriggs, as you lift your hand up these spores all start to turn in from this dark purple glow to this black tar like substance and they keep their form for a short brief moment until they begin to morph and distort and it mo- begins to spread in that way and distort and morph all the way away from you towards these bodies until finally they distort and inside and in the skulls and skeletons of what's left of these bodies, some of them disintegrating from the pressure of these spores morphing or growing, some of the some of the bones becoming consumed and sticking out and protruding. And now these creatures, the, these these leftover bodies have become this amorphous blob of ooze and goo and what looks like what could have been mushrooms, but if they had been left too long and become this disgusting, just corruption of what they could have been. And they've turned from a, a skull on the, on the battlefield or a skeleton or a corpse on the battlefield to now a corpse or skeleton that has been distorted and disfigured and morphed and broken into these other looking kind of corpse i kind of bow my head in disappointment but just feeling like i tried uh, i'm gonna i guess stand back up and say i believe we're done here our, our our business our business is elsewhere now we've we've done what we can for them i think i think when we need to try to find your tribe uh gwen won't say anything she'll just nod at him well, that's cool then. Um, I'll hand over, or at least put my hand out with a drink that that I had to Kriggs. He can he can take it or not. I I take it and I chug it and I toss the glass or whatever you handed to me just directly behind me and I say I'll make you another. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah, just no. ready to be out of here. <laughs> um, as uh, yeah, and I'll I'll start following too. But as we're walking out, Bryn. Nobleton, that was was that the the scout that that had children. I think so. Yeah, we'll we'll remember that name and try maybe to find his family one day. Well, uh, no use in leaving this box um, here to rot with the rest of this, I suppose. Right, Craig's. I found this amongst the bodies. It's um, I think proof of children. If you want to look inside, it's, it's a little drawing and some toys. <laughs> I open it up. Well, don't these look familiar? That one looks like you. Well, I mean... Well, when you were younger, at least. I had hair, I guess. <laughs> it's funny. Y- y- you had h- hair? No. No. <laughs> We've talked about this. Remember? Rub the bald head for good luck. <laughs> Throwback. He's been lucky for a long time. Why don't you hold on to that, Griggs? 
<laughs> I feel like it, it belongs in your hands more than mine. I'll make sure this gets back to his family. At least someday. I'm going to put it in my pack and kind of start walking jovially as best I can, trying to get my spirits back up. And what, what was in that ale, Joxer? As I walk away, it was pretty good. As I get further away, waiting for them to follow. <laughs> so, it was a, sp- a special mix. He'll, he'll, he'll be a little bit more spry for, for a little bit. What are you going to do if we find your people, Gwen? Not to get... I understand you don't want to get your hopes up, but this is the first real lead we've had. I, I, I don't know. I just... I, I hope my, my, my fa- father's there. That That's the main reason. So do I. But I... I, I don't know. There, there's no t- talk of people here in, in, in the book. It just... Uh, I don't know. It, it feels right to go this way, but it also f- feels r- wrong. But, but but mostly right. This land is doesn't know much else besides decay, rot, and death. I can understand nothing feeling right, but right now, this is the best chance we've had. This is the most information we've had, at least. At least maybe if there's nothing there, there'll be a sign of where they went, or just the fact they existed in the first place. Uh, that's true. And Gwen kind of reaches into her bag, kind of quietly, and she holds Dale's hand. Okay. And that's it. She keeps walking. Cute. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Get your own taxidermic chipmunk. <laughs> so as you guys walk through the untouched land, your feet not really squishing through the ground. It, it just feels kind of squishy, but there's no squishing sound. The trees are just grayish, dull wood, and you see many of them, many places where trees have just fallen over and and are just partially consumed by whatever this soil has become. Again, there's no sounds of birds, nothing, no critters, nothing that kind of makes you think of life at all as you walk through this forsaken-seeming place. Somebody roll a d20 for me. No, just a d100. Roll a d100 for me. Okay, fine. I'll do it. <laughs> Wee. 11. Aww. Pretty low. Wow. I was searching for my d100 bits. <laughs> All right. So, as you guys are walking, you... You walk for a while. You you definitely notice that the trees around you and, and the wildlife around you is more it's more decayed than before. It was just like trees with like black ooze, but now it's like the trees are made of this stuff. And the the ground, like I said, is still so so just corrupt and and almost gooey as you step through it that it's like it sticks to the bottom of your feet as you're walking and like we're walking on ooey gooey butter cookies. Mm, yeah, just like that. <laughs> walking on, okay. walking on gooey cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I would so Davin's singing that. That's in that's in the yeah, lore that, now. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay, keep going. And 
Make perception checks. No, Everybody? you. Okay, okay. I'll, do I'll do it. I gotta make one anyway for uh, for what? For, for the your Carmen, Carmen Stone, the guy who. Oh, that's right. Exists Carmen in this moment. Carmen. Oh, I rolled Carmen a big fat six. Davin has a seventeen. Nine plus Nine. fifteen. Twenty-four. Cool, cool, cool. So, what'd you roll, Doxer, Joxer? Whopping 11. Okay. Dr. Joxer. Dr. Joxer. So, for sure, Zs, Davin and Kriggs. No, no, Davin and Gwyn. Kriggs, what'd you roll? I just forgot. A big six. He probably sees it, too. So, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> the DC five. So, Gwyn and Davin, you both notice as you look around... You notice the ground is suddenly pulsing, moving in these like this pattern of like kind of swirls and moving like something's underneath it almost. And Gwendolyn, you notice that there are the trees. Some of the trees actually have some sort of like the first kind of sign of movement or life on them. And it's these almost like vines, but but they're moving like on their own. And, and then they're kind of like pulling through like a snake would crawl around a tree. And then you see some large sections of these things as it kind of starts to rise up and surround you. These vines coalesce and begin to rise up in the middle of this, of this, soil and the soil begins to kind of ooze off of it and these vines become this creature roll initiative son of a just like that what? son of wow. a dwarven swear word <laughs> uh i got a 14 minus one is 13 because god god bless low america Happy 14 <laughs> six I... I, I rolled Six. a four plus three. That's a seven. I technically got like 13 and a half because of my decks, but. <laughs> okay. 13 and a half. Well, let's not get nitpicky here. Then I have 14.14. So now everybody tell me your initiative. Uh, big old 13.5 for Kriggle. Kriggs, Gwyn. 14.14. Gavin. <laughs> Six point sad. <laughs> Doctor. Seven point extra sad. Carmen. Ten plus a lot. Ten, Ten plus big mood. Plus. Oh, sheesh, sheesh. Sorry, I'm on a new map here, and so everything's not correct because it was a random encounter, and I was I couldn't be prepared in the right manner How for embarrassing. it. How embarrassing. How and this? Why do you guys play wow. with me? I am so bad at all of what I do. I'm not sure why you are my friends. That's not true. You're a pretty good cook. I have no choice. We're related. You have eaten the food I've made before. That's true. That is true. You're. That's not completely untrue, Blaze. But you don't have to be my friend just because we're related. It's in the bylaws. The familial bylaws. They call it oh. blood. Blood oath. You sign wow. it when you're born. Baphomet stands out your mother's side and says, Sign this. Sign this. <laughs> oh, good voice. I like that. That's a fun. What if that's what story. this creature just comes out? Just 
It just comes out of the ground and says, You got served. 10 out of 10, I'm leaving this banter and I'm giving <laughs> you a deep voice. Sign this. My voice is already deep. You don't even need to add anything. Yeah, okay. It's so good. Okay, my apologies. Uh, so Carmen gets to start off. So go, this, Carmen, this, let's go. set the scene again. This creature has risen. It is, it's covered in vines and it's made up like the inside of this thing looks like as you see through the vines as they kind of part and, and ooze around him. It looks like on the inside, he's got different like living pieces and parts of living things inside of him. Weird creature looking like a face of a large bat. It looks like with the wings sticking out. And it's got down here some hip and leg of some deer-like creature, but it's hard to know what that even could have been. And it also has all the, like I said, the vines and the black goo that makes up the, the ground beneath it kind of fills the inside of this creature and oozes out of him. He has a sort of mouth that he opens up and these black and brown, dark black tar-like teeth kind of protrude from his mouth in all different angles as he lunges toward you guys. And Carmen, seeing this right away, he is going to do what he do best, and he's going to sidestep over to a tree. He's going to tuck himself back behind this tree, and let me see if I can do this in the way I'd like. I've never played a rogue before. <laughs> You'll have to excuse me. <laughs> Ash can help. That's her specialty. Can he can he jump over like can he go hide as a bonus, bonus action. action and then attack? I don't see why not. Yeah, I don't I see why not. So. Isn't that a thing a rogue can do? They can certainly hide as a bonus action. He gets up to this tree, yeah. tucks himself behind it, and he throws you just want him to do this because you want him to hurt this thing. Yes. If he was fighting against you, you'd be like, no, he can't do that. No. <laughs> He's going to throw his two returning daggers at this thing. So that's two attack rolls plus nine. Here we go. Woke up in a new Bugatti. Okay. <laughs> that's what he sings while he has sex. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. A 23 is going to hit. And then his second hit, second throw is a dirty 20. So he hits twice, the first one doing sneak attack damage. So let's roll that. Oh, no, that's not how that works. But I got you. Okay, so 6d6 sneak attack damage plus the 11 plus 9 is 20 plus the d4 for each on the daggers. So 24 total damage against this monster. Nice. And then he is he's visible now because he used that that uh, bonus action hide at the beginning before and not the end. So he's visible now, but he has thrown his daggers and then they now reappear in his hands. And he says, let's do it. Um, That takes us now to Gwendolyn's turn. This guy is basically a living plant. That's what it looks like. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like the it looks like I want the. Yes, ma'am. Sorry. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> you should be. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> I see you might be a plant. How far away am I? Do, 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 do. I'm 20 feet. I am going to speak with plants. Don't stop me. Because I am. 
I'm basically just gonna speak in Elven. Hello. Okay. I'm Gwendolyn. <laughs> Who are you? Because <laughs> it's the first plant life she's seen in a while. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> is that is that your whole turn? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm as, as a player. Gwen thing. As, as a player and Gwen, I'm just kind of shocked to see something like this. Yep. Okay. Like I've never seen a creature like this before. Gwen hasn't. I don't know. Have I? No, I mean probably not. <laughs> I, I doubt many of you. Any of you have. Uh, okay. Ash hasn't either. Um, Ash has not. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, that takes us to. So it's new for both of us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That takes us. If that's your whole turn, it takes us to Craig's. Okay. Curveballs. Does he not? Does he not say hello back? I mean, we'll see what he does on his turn. Well, it's a free action. So. You get actions on your turn. <laughs> understanding that this is a combat situation, but also understanding that I feel like Gwen is trying something unique. I'm sorry, but it's just in my mind, Gwen is the only one who's turned off the battle music, and everyone else knows what's going on. But she's <laughs> we're here in and she's all like so. Oh my gosh! I am going to do something completely different. I'm going to cast. Crusader's Mantle. All right. Holy power radiates for me in an aura with a 30-foot radius, awakening boldness and friendly creatures. Until the spell ends, the move, the aura will move with me, centered on me, and while in the aura, each non-hostile creature in the aura, including me, deals an extra 1d4 radiant damage when it hits with a, way, hits with a weapon attack. So anyone that actually hits with a weapon attack will do extra damage, but uh, I'm just going to use that as my actual action right now. Uh, no bonus actions, nothing. I'm just gonna okay. wait and see I mean, what happens. With what was the radius? Plans. What was the radius feet. on that? Thirty feet. Okay, big so that's, that's everybody. Cool. And then, so if that's your whole turn, then we're gonna go now to the creature actually. And this creature, first thing it does is you see this kind of jolt of like surprise when it gets this communication to it that it's maybe never had before, uh, as as this spell is cast uh -huh. on it. And this groan comes out of it. All of you hear that sound. And Gwen, you're the only one that kind of makes out the word consume as it moves toward you. Well, that's not what I wanted him to say. <laughs> At least you know what his goal is. <laughs> I guess I do hear the battle music now. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's battle music. So it's going to make two of its slam attacks on you, Gwendolyn. Why? Because <laughs> you got its one. You got its attention, Gwendolyn. First one's an eight. <laughs> Does not. See the first hit. one. First one's actually a natural one. So I the second that. try is a nineteen. Yeah, that hits. Okay, so it tries on this first hit, this first attack to hit you, and uh, when it does, a little bit of uh, this goo kind of falls out of it as it approached you from this weird kind of, kind of surprised, uh, you know. And it so it comes up and misses you that first try, and then it's going to make its two d8 bludgeoning damage with its slam attack. 
and you take 13 plus what was it it said it, it was 13 plus 4 so 17 bludgeoning damage as this thing strikes at you when the first slam misses the second slam hits you and you are really now in this Gwendolyn for real it's you're gonna have to fight this battle and that's where we're gonna leave this episode well that wasn't no. very nice <laughs> <laughs> manners please Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Hired Swords. It's been absolutely great to be back and all to have you here with us. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend about us. And if you really liked what we're doing here, do us a favor and tell the world. Uh, leave a review. If you want to check out our merch shop, you can find it at thehired.store. If you want to find us on socials, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Hired Swords. You may find a link for our Discord in there as well. See you in the wilds, and you have a, a great day.